podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. You're listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends. I hope that your day is off to a great start. We are here. We are live at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention annual meeting. We're looking around the room, and it is full of people, and we just love the hustle and the bustle of God's people coming together to meet and to fellowship. I'm joined by a very special friend, Bit Stevens, and Bit we go way back we do way back oh my goodness I'm just trying to think about the first time I met you it's been several years and God has just knit our hearts together Mm -hmm. I love you let me say Mm -hmm. that from the beginning I love your story I love your heart I love the call that God has on your Mm -hmm. life and I want every one of our listeners to know you to know a little bit about you and know Mm -hmm. what you're doing so tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about you and what you do here at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention thank you I, want, I just want to say, too, Andrea, you're just a very dear friend to me, and I love you in the Lord, and I've watched God do incredible things in you and through you, and I think we're going on at least two decades I think of so. friendship. Can so. you believe that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's pretty fun. It's so. hard to think about, you know, all yeah. the different aspects of our friendship because it's layered, yes. you know, it's yeah. a ministry, but it's also friendship-related, right. and then yep. we live, we have lived in the same town in yes. the past, yeah. and so you see time. each other at the grocery store yep. and get to just catch up and... And, and yeah. we share a heart for women in ministry. Mm. So, and everyone mm. who's listening, we all just love the Lord and we love to serve the Lord through ministry. So yes. we're excited about your story. We want to mm. hear all about Thank it. You. So tell us about you. Well, I grew up in, in Derricks, Arkansas. If you're from there, you call it Derricks. If you're not, it's Dirks. That's so right. I think <laughs> Dirks is a correct pronunciation though. So, um, and uh, I was the youngest of four children. Mom and dad stayed together the whole time. And so... Blessed to blessed to have a, uh, a a great home base, you know, um, mom and dad that just loved us, took care of us, um, paid for my college, and they were blue collar workers, and they just made it happen, you know, yeah, and um, precious people, and uh, miss them dearly. They're with the Lord, and I'm thankful for that, and uh, and so it's been a wonderful thing. I have. Um, I grew up as a tomboy, youngest of four, and we were all rowdy. Oh, and really? I was the rowdiest because I had to protect myself. I mean, I had to grow <laughs> up tough. So, so it was just. Did obvious. you have brothers and sisters? Yes. Yes. I yeah. had two older brothers and then an older sister, and so and the, uh, and so it was just fun. Yeah, we. I can tell you all kinds of stories. So, tell me did. one story that stands out in your mind yeah. from your childhood where you had to protect yourself. Well, this is kind of. It's not me. Well. Let me tell you another story of something okay. honoring I did to okay. my sister. Uh, it was my turn to wash dishes, you know, and we were the dishwashers. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and I went outside and picked up my basketball and went to play ball, you know. And she came out and grabbed this stick that was in the, in the backyard or something. I don't know why it was there, but she grabbed the stick up to throw it at me. You know, I'm telling you, we were rowdy. And that thing had a nail in it. Oh, and no. it went in one side of her finger, came out the other. And um, so... She, my brother, oldest brother, is taking her to the doctor and everything. And as they're driving off, she turns around and just grins at me because she knows I'm going to be washing dishes for a long, long time. time. That's great. Yeah. So that's kind so of it was, you know worth the pain. Yeah, for, for her, her it was. <laughs> so and I she probably got dishes. out of washing dishes she that did. night. She did. Oh, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is a great yeah. story. Yeah. But it is pretty funny. Um, I grew up unchurched. Um, 
and we'll get into that in just a second, but just to go ahead and go that direction a little bit, I grew up unchurched and um, um, loving parents, but didn't we didn't go to church much at all. It, every now and then we would go and everything. So uh, sports was kind of my God. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much I was good at sports as much as it was I was acknowledged. You mm-hmm. know, I was... Uh, I, I crave that attention, I think. And that's uh, where I got my nickname a little bit. I was going to ask yep. you, tell me yeah, about your, your name. I was the youngest and honoriest one on the team. I, I was 11, and there were people like, you know, uh, 20 to 30 years old that were playing. So I was just, I knew I was really small for my age, but I was just small compared to them. Right. And so, but it stuck, and they just started calling me a little bit. Okay. And uh, and then and it, it just stuck through college, and then at the, by the end of college, people just kind of shortened it to bit. So, so what's your given name? Teresa. Teresa, that's Teresa. right. Yeah, and it, it, the funny thing about that is uh, that's one of my dad's old girlfriend's names. Oh. So, yeah, he just, he thought the name is pretty, you know, but... I was wondering if there was contention about that at some point. <laughs> Maybe so. That could have something yeah. to do yeah. with why Bit is on yeah. your name tag right now. Right. That's right. That's right. No, it was pretty fun. But um, um, anyway, so that was it was just really a neat time and everything. I uh, went to college at UCA, University of Central Arkansas, majored in physical education, and uh, was going to be a coach. It just kind of seemed to fit my role in life with sports and everything. And um, God just began working in my heart and put people in my life who were believers and I saw something in them that I'd been wanting my whole life and that was just joy mm-hmm. and unconditional love and whether you wash dishes or not <laughs> yeah. you know and and I saw this peace in their lives their their eyes danced with joy and I thought what is that you know and there were several there was just lots of circumstances in my life I was on the track team and and many people on the track team, they quoted scripture. This was UCA. Wow. Yeah. And um, they quoted scripture. Charlotte Strickland was on that team. Yes, yeah. I know Charlotte. We were buddies. And, um, and, and I, Isaiah 40, 31 was what they quoted. You know, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. And, uh, but I did shot putting discus, you know. And um, so it was kind of funny, but we would all go run a mile together and stuff. So. But that scripture started getting my getting in my mind, you know. And faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of God, and that was just planted in there. And um, so those are those are some of the beginning things. One day I was uh, driving home. I was dating a guy who was three months old in the Lord. I mean, I was just surrounded everywhere I turned. A good friend of mine was dying. Found out that he had come to faith in Christ uh, when he was 19. He was 34 at the time. But that death was so significant in my life. It really was because that was the first people. He, he was one of my coaches, he and his mm-hmm. wife, and they were they were close to me. And I was with them up to the very end, and it just rocked my world. Yeah. So, so you can look back and see God's faithful hand in yes. all of that, you know, placing you at the right place at the right time Absolutely. with the right people for his right purposes. You know, and I don't know about you, but for me, that just strengthens my trust in him oh, yeah. and my desire to follow hard mm-hmm. after him. And so when you realized your need for a savior, mm-hmm. what did that season of life look like for you? Did you run from it? Did you run to it? You know, how was that? I, I ran to it. The, Good. Um, I, I was, um, my friend had passed away and at his funeral, they shared the gospel. And at night, I laid in bed, and I said, God, just save me. Just save me. I know I need saved. I don't know what it really means, but just save me. On um, April 25th, 
the movie, um, the the Jesus film, came out on on the at the theater for the first time of it being shown, and uh, my boyfriend at the time took me to see that, and um, and at the end of I, I really didn't remember this until years later. I never knew how did I know what to pray until I saw the movie again. But I I was so impacted by my friends who just loved Jesus, and they were praying for my friend to. Uh, for his healing and for God to do a work in him and stuff, they, they walked through all that with me. They went, they went to Little Rock and gave blood wow. for him, and that real significant, you know. Yeah. And um, but uh, saw that movie. The next day we had a state tournament. I won state championship in discus throw. Isn't that funny? I had no I idea. Went, oh yeah, I love that. Uh, There's only two teams that showed up. So. Don't tell that part. <laughs> okay, okay, maybe three. That's right. We're gonna make. We're gonna think. Oh, there were just that the whole twenty state. teams. There. That's yeah. right. Everyone. That's right. And um, anyway, so after uh, we were, uh, I went. I was driving home after the track meet, close to the end of school, April 26, 1980. Wow. And um, it was about 2:15 in the afternoon. And I was driving home. And I was between the Malvern, uh, the the Hot Springs exit 111 mm-hmm. and Malvern okay. exit, and was driving on Interstate 30. And I remember just saying, God, I just, I just believe in Jesus. I believe that He died for my sins. I don't understand that, but I believe He did. I said, I just want Him to come in and be number one mm-hmm. in my life. And that goes back to another friend. Yeah. And um, man, by, and I just said, I just, just, I, I said, I believe that He rose from the dead. And I said, I really don't understand that, but I believe He did. I said, I just want you to come in and take charge. And he did. And just a little bit. And I knew before if anybody would ask me about being saved, I would get out of the conversation as much as I could because I was so ignorant mm-hmm. of the things of God. And uh, so I moved away from that, you yeah. know. And But but I, I, my first thought was, man, I've been saved. I felt the love of God just fill me up. Yeah. And I said, Lord, who can I go tell? I love that. So it really provided a path for you to start mm-hmm. looking outward yes. as well as to look forward. Yes. You know, and so I think about your childhood where you had a, a family, a very close family, yes. connected family, but an unchurched family. Right. How did that impact your relationships post salvation for for you and for your family? Oh man, they thought I was in a cult. Did I, they? I got involved with BCM and or BSU yes. at the time. And um, uh, the next semester, but I was so got, there was a radical difference in me, yes. and I yeah. remember saying my mom to my mom, "Hey, wake me up! I want to go to church tomorrow." They knew something had happened; they didn't know what it was, yeah. and they were scared of it. Yes, you yeah. Know? And other people start speaking in their ears that, "Oh, she just got to be a religious fanatic." Yeah, she's got a she's joined a cult. You know, and I think that's good for us to remember, yeah. you know, because many of us that are listening, we've been churched our entire life, yeah. and so we have to realize there's a culture out there that is really yeah. void of any kind of realization of what spiritual life looks like. That's right. And so we have to be careful and sensitive and loving, but also bold and confident and and true to the work that God's doing in our life. And so, you know, what was that like to just continue that journey? Did you come to a point of um, sharing with your family or was that something that you just, you just had to kind of keep contained in a different area of your life? Oh, I couldn't keep it contained. Yeah. I just couldn't. It just, uh, I mean, I was telling. I went that day to tell three other people yes. that I knew knew the Lord. Not that they were that I knew were they were involved in this church or anything like that. I knew who knew Christ because I saw them bury a loved one and saw the change in them and the difference. And I, so I went to tell them. Every one of them cried. This is real interesting. <laughs> and I thought, Why are you crying? You know, I feel pretty good about this decision and stuff. So go to church the next day, 
and the pastor, no kidding, is looking at me going, you need to walk down here and get saved. I found out later that my home church, First Baptist Dirks, yes. uh, had been praying for my salvation for 18 months. Wow. I was on their top 10 list. Only wow. top 10 list I ever made. I was on their hit <laughs> list. But he's looking saying, you need to come down here and get saved. And I'm thinking, I was saved yesterday while I was driving home. That's you know? right. And, the next, and I, was, I shared with two ladies after church. I said, hey, I, I just... I just gave my heart to Christ and yesterday, and they started crying. I said, you know, you're the fourth and fifth person I've told, and everybody cries. I said, I don't know why you're so upset, because I feel pretty good about this. Yes. You know? And they but said, they oh, were baby so girl. Moved. They were. They were. And I began to understand that God's love can make you cry. And that is, you know, that is a powerful story. That yeah. is so powerful. And to have that many people who love you, who mm. are connected to, mm. you, to you, to who see mm. you, who mm. are passionate about your story, that's a picture of the gospel in and of itself, yes. you know, and yeah. so that's so good. Okay, mm. so you received Christ. You were on fire yeah. for Jesus. Yeah. And then at some point you sensed a call to ministry? Yes, yes, okay, yes. So tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, I, um, uh, I just had a phenomenal growth experience in college and everything. Uh, the second year... In 81, I was saved in 1980. In 81, I served as a missionary. And during that time, I began sensing the Lord nudging on my heart about doing this for a lifetime. And uh, by my senior year, I just I just kind of laid my yes on the table and said, God, whatever, I know you'll provide, you'll take care of me. And, um, and by my senior year, I knew it in the fall of my senior year, and I surrendered at that point and have been on that track ever since. Yes, yes. And so was that scary to you or was that exciting or both maybe? Yeah, both. Both, It yeah. was very much both, yeah. yeah. And, and very scary for my family. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So yeah. what were your first steps in, you know, your call and responding to that call? Mm. Um, that's good. That's a great question. You know, I still didn't know what that was going to look like. I knew I was tired of school. and But an opportunity came up in my church for the summer after I graduated to work there. But also I spent... I spent the next two years working at BCM in Henderson and then at a, a church as a youth minister and then went to seminary and then worked at Auburn University for a year and then came back to Arkansas. Okay, so you, what I hear you saying a bit is that you identified the call, you responded to the call, and then you jumped in there and you started just figuring it out with your feet on the ground in the yes, context yes. of either a local church setting yeah. or a summer you know, camp setting or yeah. some kind of ministry setting where you're, you're actually walking that thing out and you also went through the education process and Absolutely. so all yeah. of those are such key components a lot of times I know both of us because we yeah. are in ministry we will have women come to us and say what do you do when, whenever you sense a call mm -hmm. what, what's the first step and everything you just said is always on my top 10 list yes. Yes. you know yeah. and so I do see God raising up women mm -hmm. uh, to mm -hmm. step into ministry yes. and to respond yes. to call and what I love for them is that they can look at individuals who have walked that path. That's right. Whereas for you and for me, it was a little bit harder to find mm -hmm. someone to maybe pick up the phone and call and say, how yeah. did you do this? Yeah, you long know? time ago. Yeah. The, yes, yeah. and so I, I love what God's doing yeah. in all of mm -hmm. that. So tell us about your time in, in seminary. What mm -hmm. was your degree, and um, where did you attend seminary? Went to Fort Worth Southwestern mm -hmm. Seminary and got a Master's of Divinity. Uh, graduated there in 89, so it was a little bit later, and, uh, but it was wonderful. I just loved it. I loved being under the professors and soaking up their spirit as well as the knowledge. Yes, yes. And you, did you make some good ministry relationships and partnerships during that time? Um, was it a little bit harder yes. to do that, you know, in, in the 80s and 90s? It was very hard because most everybody were married. And um, they didn't have spare time. Yes. But in classes and stuff, yes, made, made good relationships and 
and, and moved along that direction and everything. Okay, so you graduated from seminary, and then what was the, the next few things that you did after that? Um, BCM work. Mm-hmm. The Lord moved me into BSU BCM work at that at that time, which was a gift. I had to give that up because I didn't know what where he was leading me, youth ministry. I really didn't think it was youth ministry. Singles ministry, didn't know. But laid it all on the table, and he, I felt like he kind of gave me back BCM. Yes. And so I began that journey. And um, uh, in 1990, moved back to Arkansas. I've been working for the Arkansas Baptist State Convention yes. since yeah. then. And so. what I hear in your story that just makes my heart beat a little bit faster mm-hmm. because I think it shows God's love and his just his his design for mm-hmm. our lives is that that very place where you first experienced Christ, mm-hmm. you know, yes. at on the college campus right. that was so life-giving to yeah. you. He then put you right back in that setting right. as a minister of the gospel. That's and right. I know that you have impacted so many, so many people. God's mm-hmm. used you to be a light on those college campuses, the places where you've served. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll get into what you're doing now. But okay. I just want to take a little bit of time and let you share when you think about kingdom work and when you think mm. about calling what are you passionate about what just mm. you would say man this is it right here so what are your thoughts you know the lord is um in 2007 he began redirecting my heart to internationals and i had some ministry with internationals but i wrote this down and i just kind of want to read it if you that's bet. okay my passion when i see an international i think of revelation 7 9 you know, where we're all going to be gathered around the throne and people from every tongue, every tribe, every nation will be there worshiping the Lamb. And um, I, um, I said I was going to read it, but uh, but I'm just my heart just kind of flowing that direction stuff. And I love this scripture. This is a scripture I've been praying for them and stuff. And this is what he's done in my life personally, but it's also what I'm praying that he does in international lives. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. I just love that. And that's that's. And when you think about internationals and the international students who God has brought here to Arkansas, primarily probably for an yes. education in their mind, but we believe so much more mm-hmm. for them to encounter Christ and for them to experience his love and his redemption and his right. light, and then for them to go back to their countries of, of origin and then to take that gospel with them. We think about the potential that's housed mm-hmm. in our international students who are right here in Arkansas right now. So tell us when you... Uh, look at the international students and what God's doing among international students. What do you, what do you see happening? Oh, wow. You know, I see the churches and the BCMs coming together well to welcome them. And uh, through furniture, through laundry baskets when they first arrive, through food, through housing when they first arrive to help them get settled in. I see, and this is statewide. Yes. This is just so many things going on. So many churches. We've got over 60 churches that are involved in international ministry, over 200 volunteers that are doing things to reach these internationals. But um, the other thing is we welcome them, but also we begin to build a bridge of uh, that will bear the weight of truth, a relationship, friendship with them. And through that, we begin to evangelize. And then we walk them through discipleship. And then we're, we're working hard to learn how to send them back, not only as just a Christian, but as one who knows how to multiply themselves out, maybe being plant churches. I love that. So yeah. tell us about your current role. Okay. Uh, what are you doing right now in an official capacity, and how is God using that to help facilitate that process of evangelism, discipleship, and then launching them back to their to yes. their home? Yeah. 
Uh, my, my role, my title is International Student Ministry Consultant for the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. And uh, I mean, it's just wonderful. It's something I just get to do, and I just love, love doing it. It's just, it's just been, be, become a hand in glove fitting for my heart, that's for sure. Um, I had the privilege of going, getting to travel around the state and work with all the different churches and the BCMs and helping them see what they can do to reach internationals and help them grow in this process of doing doing all this. But many of them were already doing it. Yes. And, and they didn't know other people were doing it. So the collaboration that is going on, and they just feel like they're, they've got a support base now. When, so, and I think, yeah, you know, yeah. there's so much power in synergy, you know, whenever yes. we talk about we're all on the same team, mm-hmm. we're all, you know, have the same goal, which mm-hmm. is every tongue, every tribe, every nation right. for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And so what you're doing is you're going into this pocket mm-hmm. of students, you know, right. those that God has called and you're saying, we want to maximize our time with them and and take on the responsibility that God has entrusted them to us for the purpose of the gospel. And so what does that look like? You know, how are churches and BCMs and the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, how are they coming alongside one another in community and partnership and investing in these lives on a real practical basis? Yes. One of the great things we have going is Conversation Club, and we partner with with another group that's doing that. They're phenomenal international friendship outreach. And uh, Ms. Paul is here. She's one of our faithful, loyal workers uh, helping reach the international and help them practice conversational English. We provide a, a, an American meal with them, and, and that's where churches and volunteers can come and help participate in those. So that's going on on four different campuses, five different campuses, actually, that I know of. So that's a real easy way for women to get involved. You know, you contact your BCM, you contact, you know, the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, and you simply say, I want to help practice English with an international student. Is that is it that simple? It is that simple, but it's also friendship partners. We need we need we need families to become adoptive families. You know, they'll they'll adopt a student and bring them into their home. The the young people, their children grow to love these internationals. Yes. It is it is just a wonderful opportunity for the family as well as as is it as well as single women yes. and men to And you know we don't have to take that long trip across the ocean nope. to have that experience right. because they're right here. But um, when you think about like a powerful story of transformation that you've experienced, that you've seen, that you've been a part of, is there one or two stories that come to mind? You think, uh, I need to tell this story. Yeah. Several actually. I, bet. Um, um, I have grandsons in Saudi Arabia and in China, and uh, that's just a joy. But the other person I want to tell about is Weiwei. Okay. And Weiwei became a Christian through our, uh, I have a housemate, and we held a Bible study in our home for internationals, and it was just a God thing, but every one of them came to faith in Christ, but two or three, and we had about eight eight people, nine people, and um, Weiwei came to faith in Christ, and she was, it reminded me so much of my own transformation, I mean, night and day. And her mom has become a believer since then, and she's led so many people to Christ. And she's now a professor at McNeese State, and she has helped start an international ministry down there and already leading people to Christ, has a Bible study every Saturday night in her home. And just watching her blossom, and everybody knows her when I meet other people. They say, oh, man, way, way wonderful. That's great. So when we talk about our international population here, um, what kind of different nationalities do do you interact with on a very regular basis? Where are these uh, students from, and what is their experience like here in Arkansas? 
Um, boy, I think any of them would all say that I've just never, many of them I know would say I've never known love like this. Mm -hmm. Chinese is, is real strategic in that. Um, uh, but Indians, people from India, um, Japan, uh, Korea, uh, many different groups of them like that. We had a large group from Saudi Arabia for a long time, and uh, that's starting to diminish a little bit. But the love that Christ shows them through our people who are doing friendship partners and uh, conversation clubs, they're overwhelmed by it, and, and we're seeing a that's the impact I think that yeah. they would say is I've never known people who love like this, these people. And you just think about the power of recognizing the person, yes. the power of seeing them, the power of, you know, recognizing God's given them a story and that yes. we want to step into that story for Absolutely. the glory of God. And so I think for us as Americans, because our lives are so busy that you know that we have a lot going, usually more than what we can even manage on our own. We have to create some margin in our life for this kind of relationship. That's right. And it has to be right. driven by the gospel. Yes. It has, in, in my opinion, I would you obviously, absolutely. it has to be 100%. driven by the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because that's why we would forfeit something that might, you know, right. take up our time that would be a hobby or, you know, just tyranny of the urgent and to say, I recognize the potential. I want to be a part of this move of God among, you know, international students here in Arkansas. So I'm going to pick up the phone or I'm going to get online and I'm going to say, I want to be a part of a conversation club or be a, a family or a friend to these internationals. And is this available all over the state? It, you know, wherever yes. you live, you have an opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's, a ver there's various uh, ideas of involvement that they can be in. And from picking them up to the airport and just bringing them, even if they can't keep them in their home, um, take them to someone else, they have an instant friend for life right there. And there's many layers of involvement. And, uh, yes, just look, contact their local BCM campus minister would be a, the great way to begin. And um, if they, d they don't seem to be able to help you, which they can, they, they know to contact me. Yes. But we, we yes. can certainly connect them quickly. Well, but you know that I have two boys. I yes. have a, a yeah. college student, right. actually, so that's hard for me to even put my mind around. He's a college freshman, and I think about if I was the mom putting my child on a plane and sending them to the other side of the world, yes. and that there was someone there to receive them and to love them and to give them practical help right. and to pour into their life to the point where I see you know, the, the life of my my child improved, completely changed, completely transformed. They come back a different person. I'm going to be asking the question, what happened? That's exactly right. You know, mm -hmm. what happened? Right. How did this transformation take place? What, what changed in your life? And so that's how you see that the gospel becomes the move of our lives because God has loved us. We love others. Their lives are changed and transformed and they share that with the people that they know. And so I think about the potential just right here with our international students to see the fulfillment of what we hear in Revelation, every tongue, every tribe, every nation around the throne, worshiping God in spirit and truth. And so if you're listening today and your heart is prompted, you know, for international students, we want you to know there is a place 
place for you. We want you to contact your local BCM. You can even start asking questions at your local church. What, what's going on with local churches across the state? How are they coming alongside of international students? Is there some specific way that maybe a church could be involved? Oh, absolutely. Helping provide meals at conversation clubs. Uh, these churches, many of them, like Northeast Arkansas and Jonesboro in that area, they come together and they do these huge welcome baskets and they do about 110, 120 of new students as they're coming in. So there's lots of partnerships that you can do on many different levels and and uh, we have that. So they can contact me or contact their local person and we can get on their local BC. Students are wonderful at building friendships in their classes. Oh my goodness, they're just doing phenomenal. And that's another great shout out yep. for our young generation that's listening to the podcast. Know that there's a place for you that's when right. you're sitting in the classroom and there's an international student next to you simply saying hello yes. and simply making sure that they know how to navigate the campus or your, your town or your city. What a great opportunity to build a bridge for the purpose of the gospel. So leave us with an email address or a website, a specific way that women can connect with you and with um, the the vision of reaching international students. Okay. Uh, You may contact me at uh, tstevens, T-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S at absc.org. And, um, but just send me a, send me a text, send me an email and, um, I can give you my text sure. cell phone we'll, number. We'll put it in the show notes. Oh, so that'll be good. That'll, that'll be, be great. We'll, okay, we'll be, be able to put that in there, and they can access that. One more thing is the holidays are coming up, and the internationals would love a place, a love an American home to go to. So be sure and, and think about that, pray about that, and invite them. That's right. Well, Ben, I want to say thank you for the work that you're doing. Uh, One thing, and I I really want our listeners to know this, when I think of Bit Stevens, I think of, number one, the radiance of Christ because his love shines in and through you. And number two, I think of a person who is all in, Mm -hmm. all in on the calling, all in on the gospel, all in on the move of God Mm -hmm. uh, among international students. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that's an encouragement. I want you to know that is an encouragement to me to be very present in the place where Mm -hmm. God has placed you and to go for it for the glory of God. And so you're a picture of that for me and so many people here in the state of Arkansas. So we thank you. We love you. We're cheering with you. We're cheering for you. And we want to come alongside you as you fulfill the call that God has on your life, every tongue, every tribe, every nation for the glory of God. So thank you, Ben, for joining us here on the podcast today. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.